About this movie, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times says, I feel a twinge of nostalgia for the bargain basement Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee pictures, which had fewer pretensions and projected a crazed intensity. Dolores Barclay of the Associated Press says, Lawrence of Arabia it ain't, but who cares? And Letterboxd user, single white femalian of the corn says, men are so horny for pounding on each other, mama likey. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Double Impact. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. Greetings, Dan. Hi. How's it going? Good. So, hey, right off the bat, we're just going to get into it. We're launching into it. Yes. All right. So for anybody tuning (laughs) in for the first time. Stop stop fucking around. Yeah. Please. (laughs) Let's get to some double impact. Uh, I'm John. (laughs) Uh, You heard my brother Dan at the beginning, uh, and we're... Well, what we do is we celebrate culture classic movies and imagine how you might want to see them come back as a form of a prequel, sequel, reboot, remake, stage adaptation, Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor, uh, clothing line, whatever. Uh, and we're joined on this episode by the number one fuck boy and one of the number one action boys, John Gabris. What's up? Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. This is exciting. So in that flurry of reviews, uh, you can maybe add in post, uh, this movie might have been my sexual awakening, John Gabrus. (laughs) Like on a rewatch, I was like, a lot of the stuff in this movie is stuff that turns me on as a 40-year-old, nearly (laughs) 40-year-old. So uh, what's interesting is like, I feel like I might have only ever seen this on like USA where they edited oh. out like that fluorescent sex scene. Oh, the telepathic threesome? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the telepathic twin cest threesome? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want to call it. They really yeah, go silk watching it. Underwear. Uh, black silk underwear? <laughs> I don't wear silk underwear. Craziest. This is the craziest movie. Dan, do you remember do you remember seeing this when, you know, early nineties, mid nineties maybe? Yeah, this must have been I, I feel like this was a blockbuster night. Uh and I remember I was always I was a Van Damme guy, because you had to be you were either a Seagal guy or a Van Damme guy. Van Damme guy right here. I was a Seagal guy. Uh and really? then like just like the Arnold and Sly, like you had I was an Arnold guy. But in reality, those right. four are my, you know, mount action more or whatever. Of course. Not- <laughs> We so we we did uh, an episode on the Under Siege films, Hell which yeah. are incredible oh, yeah. despite the yes. efforts of Seagal. I felt <laughs> so. You were a Seagal guy. What was that like being a Seagal guy? It might be because I was a fat kid. Like that might have been part of it. But there was he got some... like pretty thick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think part of it was that. And this was because when I was a kid, my dad was a martial artist and an action movie fan as well. I was a young martial artist and an action movie fan as well. And Van Damme isn't an actual martial artist. That was the thing that, like, at yeah. least Steven Seagal say, you know, he's like, 
I think a rapist and an awful person. Yeah, uh, allegedly a rapist and an awful person. But he the is, lawyers aren't coming uh, after us. By the it's way, been just, a, you know. yeah, yeah, it's been alleged enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, but he is an actual Aikido master. You know what I mean? Like that. Like, and so to me, that was like, I don't know why as a kid I cared about the purity of that because all I could hear in my head is my dad's voice, Johnny Van Dab. He's a dancer. <laughs> he's a dancer. He's just a dancer. He's good, but he's a dancer. And it is like I wouldn't want to see all of any of the guys I listed as my favorite action movie stars as multiple roles in a movie. Like I don't <laughs> want that from like. And maybe I think if anyone Arnold or Sly could pull off like yeah. a, the twin movie. Yeah, I was the twin trying to where think. they play both like the Gemini right. Man thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Not like twins. Yeah, not like no, twins. not like no. twins. Just a twins reboot where it's Arnold and like he, and he's also the other guy. It's like it's just Arnold. The no. fun of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're totally missing the fun of the first one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's something about Van Damme though, where it's like even though yeah, he's not the Aikido master that Seagal is or anything like that, he's still like really fun to watch. And you know, I blood splurt, blood splurt. Bloodsport, yeah. blood I mean, sport. forget yeah, it. It's just like so much fun to watch. And like, blood I don't squirt, think that I could the watch. Parody blood is so That's... fucking good. <laughs> Kamate. 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 Yeah, Kamate. There we go. I was going to say Kamate. That's even better. <laughs> even cleaner. So, uh, perfect. Yeah, but like seeing him do a split and like, was it Time Cop where he does the split on like the oh, two different door. things? Yeah. Like in the kitchen or something. Yeah, he's like, like yeah, he, he jumps over the taser and does the split on two kitchen, on like kitty corner kitchen counters. That's so like so much more fun yeah. to watch than a guy just like kind well, of casually Seagal, moving the, to the side does, and making a guy fall. No, like, he does the POV uh, where yeah. you just see quick hands and I'm doing it for the uh, for the stream. Yeah, you were uh, you're waving your arms around pretty crazy and the, the whole visual of everything is kind of great also because I uh, I feel like when I think of you, I think of you exactly the way that you look right now with like a, a pink muscle shirt on with like a puka shell necklace. That was kind of a surprise too. Yeah, I'm sort of in a Gabrus uniform right now. I have a Billy Joel hat on, a rugby tank top. I didn't even notice that that was a Billy Joel hat. It's Billy Joel uh, from the Down Easter Alexa uh, collection specifically. So. Collection? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I bought a uh, Colin Hankser chiff uh, from him. I, I follow oh, him on right. social media. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, nice. And he made a Down Easter Alexa one. I'm like, that's my favorite song by Billy Joel. I'll buy this to support Colin, who I like. So I yeah. ordered it. And when I went to the website, they had, there's like a full little Down Easter Alexa collection. I got a hat, a shirt, and a scarf. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I'm living my best fucking life in this quarantine. <laughs> I could just dress like a fucking schmuck because I'm home all day by myself. It's like, wear a Down Easter Alexa hat. Fuck it. I'm fully yeah, realized. Cares. Yeah. Nice. That's that's how you live it up in a quarantine. Yeah. Buy buy yourself a hat. I'm 39 years old. Treat yourself to a hat, people. That's how you turn your life. <laughs> Be nice around. to yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At a certain point, I was like, I haven't had a haircut since I don't know. 2019 maybe <laughs> so then it was like i have to get something that'll at least cover this a little bit if i have to show my face somewhere so yeah or even just to feel human you know you're like oh, this to feel help human. Me feel human but we're not here to bit. talk about fucking hats my bad we're feeling human we're talking about jcvd yeah. times two uh, yeah. and i gotta say my critique of him as a dancer just made him not not as high as seagal but he was like two and right. then uh uh, Jeff Speakman was three because I love the perfect weapon. But also, yes. this movie is like, you wouldn't want to see this with two Seagals. 
Seagal has no Van Damme has objectively. He has insane charisma. He's wildly attractive and he moves very, very well. But the childhood martial artist in me is like, I hate that. But in this movie. I'm here for like, will you get Van Damme shirtless with a machine gun? Because he's playing two guys, you just get like, it's like G.I. Joe. You get like all the different, you know, you get scuba Van Damme. You get fucking totally. boat Van Damme. You get fucking Van Damme. You get my favorite, the big legs and the splits. Like that's oh, my favorite show. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm going to get into a synopsis in a minute. But, <laughs> you know, while you're talking about the big legs and the splits, we got to play the clip from our introduction to adult Chad. And this is at his oh. uh, his his dojo. I don't know. We'll get into his it. But. Slash like aerobic studio. Dance studio? Yeah. Oh, it's still so it goes to this oh, woman so who's just sorry. like writhing on the floor and it's like it's the old oh, they're getting it on sexual misdirect okay. the old mm-hmm. red so sexual herring close your legs beautiful doing well you know stretching is so important for example because of my big legs and karate i can do the splits no problem no. And then he just pounds the ground. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. He <laughs> drops his fucking leather. He slams his taint on the floor of the fucking dance studio. He's in like he's in his little uh, blue tights here, or yeah. is he in the gi in this show? The no, geese, no, no, no. I don't the think guys he's ever in a gi. I he's love in, the gis though. The no, he's gis. he's in the aerobic suit because then when he goes into the the karate class to take over, the Australian guy is all. He's like, "What are you, the aerobics instructor around here?" <laughs> <laughs> and then Van Damme kicks the, his ass. The guy who has like the long stringy fucking meth hair. <laughs> oh, he's so gross. I'm going to do a quick synopsis and then we can fill in some blanks. Um, but I'm just going to kind of launch into this because for anybody who isn't familiar with Double Impact, I mean, you can kind of put the pieces together Two Van Dams. <laughs> what else do you really need to know? Chad and Alex Ross. Yeah. <laughs> After the murder of a Hong Kong developer and his wife, their identical twin infant sons are separated. Alex stays in Hong Kong and Chad is taken to France to live with Frank Avery, their father's bodyguard. While Alex grows up finding success in the crime business, Chad and Frank end up in Los Angeles where Chad is a full-time horniness coach and occasional pastel karate instructor. (laughs) 25 years after the death of their parents, Frank realizes it's time to reunite the boys and seek revenge for the death of their parents. Frank and Chad head to Hong Kong and the brothers meet. We realize that Alex is the gruff, aggressive twin and Chad is the kind and caring twin. Frank explains that their father was killed by goons working for their father's business partner, Nigel Griffith. The head goon being a guy named Zhang, for whom Alex primarily works. Griffith is a wildly successful businessman and one of his employees happens to be Danielle, Alex's girlfriend. While Chad and Alex get accustomed to their new family connection, they do their best to ward off Zhang's goons, led by the menacing Moon, while Danielle tries to find evidence of Griffith's crimes in the company's files, often being foiled by Griffith's head of security, Kara. After Chad, Alex, and Frank blow up one of Griffith's warehouses and one of his nightclubs, they hide away in an abandoned hotel off the beaten path. All the while, Alex becomes insecure and is certain that Chad and Danielle are fooling around behind his back. This leads to a twin-on-twin battle royale that essentially ends in a draw. Hours later, Zhang and his cronies capture Danielle and Frank, using them as bait to get Alex and Chad. They track them back to Zhang's boat, where they find a bunch of cronies, one being Moon, and they find Zhang and Griffith. Long story short, justice is served. Um, 
it's i mean it's all just set up for there to be these crazy action scenes and yeah and and, uh, and yeah the The elaborate thing of like they need to get their the honor of the bridge back like it feel it's like so like it's uh, so, it's your it's birth, so convoluted. Right? yeah and it's like you left and why why'd they get separated and like i feel like they took him to france just to help justify his accent the uh, accent. as like <laughs> then why does alex have it because alex well, stayed in hong kong he was raised in a hong kong well, orphanage he, right and it's the french nuns run it exactly. because when frank no. drops him off you hear that's all you need to do it's like oh just have her speak some french and then they'll it'll explain the accent like but why couldn't he have <laughs> brought them to belgium and like right. i think he, like i think american accurate. audiences in the 90s were like i don't even know where belgium is yeah. <laughs> yes. where is that the waffle place is that a store yeah, right? yeah like they don't know we don't know i still don't know where the fuck belgium is the I got married Brussels. there and I don't know. <laughs> I'll never find it I, again. <laughs> I just woke up. I was there. <laughs> I was, it was not a consensual marriage. I should say. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I just woke up and I was, I was there and I, what the hell I did, I you know, <laughs> wait, we have five kids. We're like, when in Belgium, <laughs> As somebody who is married to a Belgian though. I mean, does Alicia have any sort of fondness for Van Damme that you know of? Well, he's a national hero. I know she hero. likes action movies. He's a national hero. Um, no, I, I remember. <laughs> he's on their I'm, currency. I mean, there is a certain amount of national pride. Because I mean, because who else? Uh, there's right. a certain amount of national pride with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I forget when if I think like when we first started dating was when the movie JCVD was out. Mm. And I was talking about it, like, oh, I re- you know, really want to say, it. she's like, oh, he's Belgian, you know, and he's, and <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah, the muscles from Brussels. I figured yeah. that one out. You know, uh, I know. Have yeah. you, have we met enough yet? Don't do you? I know where Belgium is? No. But do I know that Jean-Claude Van Damme is from there? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can I name every Jean-Claude Van Damme movie that came out in my lifetime? Yes. Can I point yeah. out European countries on a globe? No. <laughs> my education is sh- wrong. I would be hard pressed to name every single Van Damme movie because there are so many little weird ones. No, yeah, I can make it through like probably like ninety nine off off the top of my head, like pretty, pretty easily. <laughs> but then I lose it. I lose it when he starts doing like not things that you don't no one ever sees. Yeah, can make it through all like the pairings. I mean, which is probably closer to ninety four. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, well, yeah, well, like, let's try. Let's try him with De- uh, Dennis Rodman. Let's try Dennis him with Rodman. Was- Double right. team. When was time? Time Cop was 93, 94, something like that. Ni- 94. Um, I think, yeah, yes. Time Cop and Street Fighter were 94. Street Fighter, right. Big year for the handsome fuck. <sighs> oh, my God. He had a he had a good 90s. That was the peak. Good for him. Good for yeah, him. He was on top of the fucking world. I'm glad he's still with us because he, he was fucking getting after it, too. Yeah, and I like that he kind of has a good sense of humor about himself. I mean... With JCVD and like Jean Claude Van Johnson, it's like you have to figure that he yeah. <laughs> acknowledges a little bit of the ridiculousness of his career. <laughs> Not to go back to the big four over and over again, but hey, I no think complaints. he's uh, he uh, Seagal's the only one out of the four who can't do that. Like the he other has three no guys, sense of humor. Arnold, Arnold and Sly are good at like being like, I'm aware that I'm like a giant freak or like a weird sounding <laughs> muscle man. You know what I mean? Like they, they have a little bit of that self-awareness. Um, fucking Van Damme has it the best. Van Damme is willing to make fun of himself. Yeah. Everyone else. Van Damme has a better, like a, a more 
reasonable ego now than like Statham and The Rock and Vin Diesel than are like modern stars for for being the like mega stars of the 90s. You would think that mm-hmm. they'd be monsters until their end, but I'm sure he's way more level headed than these guys who have contractual like you can only hit me three times in the face uh, or else I like yeah. you know, sue the imagine asking your agent that <laughs> well I th- and wasn't it like for a while I think that it was this way with Seagal maybe maybe it's this way with Van Damme too at least for a while neither of them could be cast as villains they always had to yeah. be the good guy or like they couldn't lose fights or yeah, I don't Se- remember Seagal wouldn't lose Seagal. a fight yeah, he, he kills himself in Machete. He's the bad guy in the Danny Trejo movie. And oh, they yeah. had to rewrite it so he commits seppuku or uh, Harry Potter. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so what funny. A nut I, bar. And I then Seagal in Executive Decision gets fucking offed in like the first act. Yeah, and 10 minutes right. or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I heard, I heard like, he like signed on to that without reading the script. He had no idea. <laughs> legend, legend has it that he didn't know he was getting killed that early in the movie until like. Like, you know, once they were shooting or something. Like I could that. feel like I feel like you could say legend has it about Seagal and Van Damme about like 5000 things. Yeah. And, you know, fucking legends never die, dude. I think a lot of this shit is true for these uh, people. And I think they did some amazing things and some awful things in their life. Yeah. Seagal yeah. more awful than Van Damme ever was. But Seagal is like a fucking Putin operative now. And that's <laughs> Crazy. He's legitimately like a defector. He yeah. was like he was the liaison between the Kremlin and the the Trump White House. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a fucking problem, guys. <laughs> Sorry, Seagal. Think? I think you have to do the birds uh, of a feather. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Gabrus, tell did you do did you rewatch this or were you just kind of like it's in there? It's implanted it's, in my it's mind. It's in my brain's pretty hard, but I did throw I. I you know why not throw it on you know what i mean like i have um i have a kind of a not to brag but i sort of have a, a, a an expendable renting movie budget due to my career <laughs> as a movie podcaster yeah i could justify throwing three bucks on to half pay attention to a movie while i work out and get some stuff done and so i fucking threw th- i had no problems throwing this movie on again was so hyped forgot how sexual it was and i only watched it again like a couple of years ago for action boys and Oh, you did the sound action boys. Yeah, cool. and I and I like forgotten how sexual it was even in between. And then I'm like, fuck, this movie is like my exact sexuality. It's like m- muscular men doing like aggressive physical violence, and then also muscular women doing aggressive yeah. physical violence to right, other yeah. women. Yeah, yeah, because you have uh, Corinna Everson as Kara, who's the the muscle for the bad guy, and oh, she's she, so good in this. <laughs> she's really good. Scene. It's you know, the frisking scene Ooh. is the scene that made me be like, I'm like, hey, to my wife, come in and watch this scene with me, <laughs> just to show it to her to be like, I don't, I feel dirty that I'm so into this. So like, just look at how hot this scene is, and she's like, it's fucking <laughs> fucked up and twisted. I'm like. You're right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. look how so, stupid this is. Yeah. I'm so I'm. I feel bad. I'm like so fucking '90s brain that I'm like, yeah, but it's like cool because it's a girl, right? It's like, yeah. No, it's still like sexual assault and harassment shit. It's like, oh, right, right. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm so fucking stupidly heterosexual, like straight brained, stupid. Well, and I was you, like, you, you have, you've slipped into the mindset that the movie wants you to be in. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. yeah. I mean, the mindset of every single person on set and st- off camera, on camera, every one of them. Uh, yeah. It's the movie. It's a. This is a movie where a, a guy thinks his twin brother shows up 
out of nowhere and he's mostly concerned that he's gonna fuck his girlfriend <laughs> <I know. laughs> not any of the other shit that's going on like his life is in danger his family's name has been tarnished he finds out he's one of tw- that's my main concern with this movie is like I wish it had a fun and games section like why aren't they why don't they get along I would be you would yeah. be so hyped if another tw- you're like and you're good at karate let's go fucking <laughs> <laughs> whoop ass these guys could have they could have forgotten pushing the mercedes out and getting the bridge back they could have done like a traveling stunt show that made them like twin clone karate or whatever they could have made millions of dollars they wouldn't need the shit that that's the only thing that bothers me about the whole movie is that you should just say like hey i'm meeting someone who looks just like me this is crazy. <laughs> like, we should talk. Well, you have to figure also that Alex is like a pretty humorless. I'm not trying to justify. Yes, you are. Anything, you but like, he's a humorless guy. And I feel like if Frank was like, oh, hey, so you have a twin brother and that's the end of the story. And then they find each other and they're like both Jean-Claude Van Damme's. That's just let the fun begin. But I don't know. That's just, that's not going to be a movie. <laughs> Speaking of Frank, isn't it kind of fucked up how he he doesn't tell Chad anything and he's not like, listen, you have a twin brother and all. he's just like, no, we're just going to go to this bar. It's a really good place. And then uh, everyone's like giving him drinks and no one at all is like, you look even though you look the same, you look like a totally different person. Right. Yeah. The, everyone's reaction to it is very confusing. It's, it's yeah. it, but it's I I enjoy it for that. And I. I like I love that he's trying to differentiate them and like one is like a cheap fighter and the other is like sort of like the gallant hero type but it he does, plays them both well though yeah I mean he pulls he them does. both off because that yeah. the, those, those are his two types right like sleazy hero and the like child-minded uh hero like those are his two like yeah. wheelhouses and I, I don't mean child-minded I mean more like you know like the he like he just cares about fighting or he just wants to avenge his family or kickboxing is all that matters to him <laughs> yeah i mean i kind of wish that there was a scene where they were like so what were our parents like you know like tell me something other than just this particular thing that is bringing us together like you know uh, right right like they, they don't literally ask anything about like their families yeah do they like- also <laughs> like cheeseburgers like i don't know like give me something like that can make me feel like I actually have a family. Are, are there deleted scenes? <laughs> yeah. Also, like, are there deleted wait, scenes where this happens? <laughs> yeah, how right? is Chad not like, dude, I'm fucking 25. You, you could like, you tell kids that they're adopted at like 14. Yeah. You tell this well, guy, I'm here, not your well, uncle at 25. <laughs> let's quickly just listen to the scene where uh, Chad does find out that Frank isn't his actual uncle. Hong Kong. <laughs> uncle Frankie. Get real, man. I mean, we can't just cut up for two weeks. We've got a business to run. You have another business to run in Hong Kong. Make this thing look like a fucking dog town. <laughs> another business in Hong Kong. Uncle Frankie. Uh, another thing, I'm not your uncle. You're not my uncle. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, after 25 years, you're telling me you're not my uncle. Uh-uh. And you weren't born in France either. I just raised you there. Any more surprises? Like uh, maybe I own a grocery store in uh, Zimbabwe. Chad. A grocery store in Chad? Different African country? <laughs> What's down? 
I raised you ever since you were six months old. I brought you up like you were my own kid. Have I ever given you any reason not to trust me? No. Then trust me. We're going to Hong Kong. <laughs> what okay. was the previous story he was living by? I don't know. He's, He's born in France. I, I'm your uncle. What happened to his parents? Did it, like what happened I'm to his your parents? Uncle. <laughs> yeah, I'm your American uncle. Uh, it's like, wait a second. Other kids all. don't grow up raised by their uncles? I thought that was the thing. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what you told me. Yeah, he's just learning about family structure at this yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> but what is a father? So, I, a I mean, also, I, I don't know why we need to waste our time anymore. I, I already know what needs to happen. The, there needs to be a sequel where the two of them run a grocery store in Zimbabwe. Oh, that's for the answer. Sure. That's smart. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happens. It's just them running a grocery store. I think everyone should reboot this movie now. I feel like like the answer is like just keep fucking figuring out ways for people to play twin pro the technology well, that, that Seth Rogan pickle movie was great. <laughs> oh, it really it was. The technology looked fuck I mean, he was good in it, but the technology really fucking worked in that movie. The like groundbreaking scene in this where they're like sitting together on a couch <laughs> oh, and yeah. one of them looks fucking terrible. He, Chad looks like a force like, ghost. He looks like yeah. a force ghost. Yeah, yeah. There's like this blue it's completely outline. different lighting schemes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's that's wonder, also what I and, love and also about it's it. like watching it in yeah. Well, I, like watching it in HD like I bet in VHS it looked a lot better cuz like oh, everything sure. looked like oh, shit. Yeah. The thing about, I always loved those as a kid because my dad explained to me one time cuz he worked in TV, he worked as local news but not like real TV, but he would like say uh See, Johnny, they they won't cross paths here because they shot these separately and they're just showing them at the same. And I'm like, oh, so I always loved in movies and like TV shows when they would try to do this gag, I would instantly recognize that there was such a clear fake line in the middle. Like I was so proud to know. So like there's nothing better than a kid and like having a fact that other. Well, yeah. In a pre-internet age, which in the time I was raised, being able to sh shit that out at a fucking party when Double Impact is on or at a sleepover. Hell fucking yeah. yeah. Uh, notice how they uh, they yeah. don't cross paths, and uh, that's a stunt double right there. Oh, oh my God. Zero out of 12 find this interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I also, I mean, I do think I did think that whoever they had as like the double um, when they do have their fight scene, it was convincing enough that I was able to like forget the fact that it was certainly a double and just oh, fight, like let myself fight enjoy it better than cause, especially because van damme fights another issue i have with him but also with seagal uh there's the same they both have this issue but like they're so chopped up that like you know and and like fucked with camera speed wise like to just be like he throws a kick and then you see the kick like three times and it's like yeah. they kind of pad it a lot so that with that style of editing you can really have you know an african-american woman playing the like chad and al like you like you could like really not no one would know yeah because <laughs> it, it, it they, the fight is like a lot of like getting hit and being facing away i'm sorry i faced away from the mic i'm a recording professional but it's a lot of them getting hit and then like going into like the credenza and you just see yeah. their back and it's like yeah. stunt guys with a van damme wig diving into couches and shit yeah but you know what you can't find a, a stunt uh, double for those those Van Dam buns. 
No. You know, the buns give no. it away every time. Yeah. Uh, you see him in Bloodsport. We see him in Universal Soldier. Yeah, we don't see him in this. No. No. It's only Not only in those Do we giant have a sexy? pants. I was distracted. I don't think so. Yeah. No? I was cleaning up my keyboard and desk area. <laughs> we might see. I wonder if we might like just see some the, uh, sex scene. <laughs> no. I think we might yeah, see well, some like upper cheek. Yeah, upper cheek. We, we got to see a, uh, a crack slip. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. It's it's the weirdest sex scene because it's taking place in the imagination of a drunk Van Dam about his brother. Yeah, it looks just like him. It's the craziest thing. Uh, he arguably could be having a memory of himself fucking her. Like I rem- it's the same. I actor. heard this one interview. I wish I pulled the clip, but he's talking about. He's like, "It's a very sexy movie," and he's like, "I don't know." And it's like, let's think about that sex scene just a little bit more because <laughs> it's really actually pretty screwed up. And if you're watching it and thinking about the context of what's going on, it's not a very sexy movie. Yeah, what no. about just have a sex scene between Alex and her? Like, yeah, I feel bad that I don't know her, the character's name. Off Danielle. Danielle, Danielle. It's like, yeah, yeah, like just have a sex scene. Between, it's the same thing. It's the same fucking shot. Well, I was just I put was a reading... leather jacket on and post, and it can be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a director's cut where they just do that. Yeah, there's so. like an animated leather jacket that's just like over him, and it's like I'm Alex now. <laughs> Why are you saying that while we fuck? It's a hot sex scene. I got to say, the context does, John, you are 100% correct in that the con- context absolutely removes any sexuality from it. But just visually and musically, it's it's pretty sexy. She's beautiful. He's yeah. uh, he's ridiculous. And But to intercut a sex scene with the same actor... Having yeah. like a fucking a drunken, drunken meltdown is like a really fucking crazy. He's like look. one step away from like Hasselhoff eating the cheeseburger on the floor. Oh yeah, I, again <laughs> in the director's cut that Dan was uh, talking, the one that Dan watched. We didn't get to watch chance to watch. We neither of you and I had, didn't have the six hours today, but Dan was able to watch <laughs> yeah. the six hour director's oh, yeah. cut. I, I got the Snyder the, the yeah. Lettich cut, the yeah. Sheldon Lettich cut. cut. Yeah, yeah released the Lettich cut, man. Yeah, like I saw the whole scene. They have a tra- it's like before before sunrise. They're on like a train together and they're talking about their parents. You guys didn't see all that? What? Uh, no, no, we must have been watching the the wrong version. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. No, Bummer. yours was probably the one that was on uh, Canopy, the like library card version. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. I watched the Criterion Double Impact. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was, I did, I was doing a search for, uh, like, I was doing like a Double Impact, like, uh, I was thinking, I was, I was looking for like critique of Double Impact, and of course, like one of the possible predictive search options was Double Impact Criterion, uh, which sadly does not. Exist. No, not yet. It should. It no. should. No, I think that's what Arrow is for. <laughs> the Arrow <laughs> Arrow collection of Blu-rays. So I, I want to say that this was actually originally supposed to be a canon film, but uh there was like a rights uh a rights issue. Like Canon owned the rights to it when it was because this is a variation on the Corsican brothers. Believe it or not, it's like an Alexandre Dumas, like, you know, adaptation. And uh, I think that it was originally being developed with Canon Pictures, which probably would have been 
absolutely incredible. I mean, it would have just been slightly more weirdly politically charged. It would have been like, yeah, and they're being held by Libyans. And it's like, yeah. why? Why? Yeah. yeah. Canon always had like weird, poli- like their movies have weird global politics that I try oh, to yeah. not like. Because really it was pay like, is, to. really like Israeli. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Israeli. Menachem Golan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then th- there was some sort of like deal that was made that got the rights released or whatever. And I don't know. I, I read a lot of like really weird legend has it type of things about th- the whole creation of this movie. It, make, it speak, makes sense because oh, this would be around. Oh, sorry. This would be around the time that they were maybe having a fire sale, you know, when they were. Oh, like, yeah, it could be. When Canon is like. We don't actually, because I remember like the the Van Damme movie Cyborg, like which is a canon movie. The canon was also trying to make Spider Man at the time, uh, but that oh. wasn't real. Or they did make Spider Man, I forget. Uh, or they were go- they w- were gonna make Spider Man two, but they were gonna steal budget from. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna steal they budget so from Cyborg. Shady. So if you watch Cyborg, the bad guys randomly have like repurposed Spider Man masks. <laughs> Oh man, that's oh, awesome. they have, like weird, like Foot Clan type masks on because they're wearing like Spider Man, and it's like they were like, we're gonna just shoot on the same locations. Like, was their plan to try to like produce both movies at the same time? Probably unbeknownst to like one whole producer or investor. Or something. I know that we're not talking about Cyborg on this episode, <laughs> not but, yet. But <laughs> yeah, right. We but, are but now. Like, <laughs> yeah. But that that would be the the movie that I would want to see spawn off of that is the making of Cyborg. Like, While Spider-Man's happening. Yeah, the whole <laughs> Spider-Man-Cyborg combo. And actually, Spider-Man, it, it's a hybrid. Cyborg is a hybrid. Um, I'm remembering from that, that great uh, canon documentary, Electric oh, Boogaloo, yeah. that Masters of the Universe 2, what was intended right. to be Masters of the Universe 2, right, became Cyborg. Oh, right. That's, That's right. why they have like weird locations and then like uh, weird outfits on the bad guys. Right. That's exactly right. Because I remember they were trying to do something. In st- so they were trying to shoot three movies uh, at like once. More God, I love them. <laughs> oh, so messed up. <laughs> oh, I yeah. love hearing stories that they just like re- repurpose movies into other shit. Like it's there's I feel like I listened to a This American Life about this, but it was like about Dirty Dancing to Havana Nights or whatever. It was a movie, a, a screenplay about like the Cuban Never Revolution Never has a sentence gone from being so highbrow to so lowbrow so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I think it was a whole podcast about how uh, Dirty Dancing 2 was like a, uh, like a drama about like Cuban like uh, p- politics and like <laughs> whatever and they just turned <laughs> retrofitted it to dirty dancing oh too. no way like added dancing to a movie of <laughs> it's like politics and shit. we're gonna keep it in cuba we're gonna take <laughs> yeah, out Havana all Nights. the politics and we're gonna put in dancing yeah and it's like any of the jennifer gray patrick swayze no the two most iconic characters yeah there? no okay he makes an appearance Oh, he does. Oh, does he? He does, he does make an appearance. Yeah, believe it or not, Holy I actually, shit. I don't remember how <laughs> or, or not, why. I watched it today. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, you know, as luck would have it, I, the director's cut. Um, yeah. So Jennifer Gray and Patrick Swayze. Like, they're oh, all, that's... Baby's sister is in that, you know. Uh, oh, shit. They really retrofitted it. Okay, good. No, no, no. It's just Patrick Swayze steps in for like, he's in He's in he it for like all of a shoot. minute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just like all of a sudden, like she's running. She's like the you know the female lead is running, running, and then you realize she's not running towards the male lead. It's Patrick Swayze. He lifts her and then puts her down and walks off. Oh, that's awesome! Did I ever? I I mean, man, no, I don't want to go off on a dirty dancing tangent because then I'll never come back. 
Uh, <laughs> goodbye. Okay. Goodbye, Dan. It was a pleasure. Let's go. I'm coming <laughs> so, with you. <laughs> no, I uh, my theory about about where Johnny goes before he comes back at the end of Dirty Dancing, that he time travels. Oh shit! Because he brings back that that record, that top hit oh, of yeah. like 1987, that n- in no way, shape, or form was produced in the 60s or before. <laughs> okay, <that>. all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so before he comes and gets her out of the corner, he time He's travels. Like, There's like, just like a casual time travel deleted scene. Hey, baby. He spins so fast. Yeah. Hey, baby, it's me, your cousin, Marvin Berry. He couldn't have gone on that time machine and un, like got that uh, girl like not pregnant that one night instead. He instead decided to go to the future and get cool music. Well, he's not the one who got her pregnant, but we that's another story no, for another No, but he time. could put, go yeah. back and be like, actually, Rapid you asshole, get out of throw it. a condom in his lap. <laughs> Where where did this come from? (laughs) All right. So. Double impact? Double impact, right, is not a canon (laughs) film. No. But it could have But I think was originally going to be. Anyway, who cares? None of this is. It's got the most canon shit ever where it's like we pay less actors. Like it's like cool with our two leads playing by the same actor. We're saving money. Like that's like where their head is at rather than pay Van Damme and Chuck to be in something. It's like, well, Van Damme will play both parts. And then also there's no egos you have to deal with. It's just like (laughs) just one ego, not two, not a bad two. Yeah. So we haven't talked yet about Bolo. Is it young? Young? Yeah. Bolo young. Bolo young. That dude rules. He's so awesome. He's got great look, great face, great body. He's crazy body stud. he's such when he a takes stud. his shirt off at the end it's Damn. like how is that body a thing okay he's such a fucking beast dude and enter the dragon in yeah. fucking uh blood sport he's just always he's fuck my man hits the bench press and the and the peck flies hard he's yeah. got fucking rock solid b cups <laughs> like absolutely he's got granite c cups on his fucking chest the dude is a, he's beast. a beast i yeah. love him too he is and and here's the thing about him, which I think is what makes him special for like the 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 weird henchman look, for the heavy look that he like. There's something cute about him, and, and like okay. not in like a, a traditionally he's like traditionally attractive, yes, but I mean like there's something sweet and cute about his face, and even when it's scarred and he has like the milky eye mm-hmm. contact in and shit, even then when you look at him, you're like. He's there's something cute about him. Like there's some I he's don't know what spark. it is. He's got a little spark. He's like a little cherubic. Maybe his face is a little <laughs> cherubic. So I think that makes him like extra special. Like when he smiles, if you ever look at photos, maybe I've followed too many like Instagrams that are just old photos of my actors that I like yeah. giving thumbs up at different locations or whatever. But <laughs> the amount of pictures I look at of like favorite actors of mine, just giving thumbs up with other celebrities is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I follow some of those accounts, yeah. but probably not enough. <laughs> yeah, I'll start fucking sending them your way, bro. Yeah, right. Um, and and I know that the that Van Damme and uh, Bolo Young, you know, they're they're pretty tight. They've done a couple movies together, and uh, I read. I think this was on IMDb. It says in 2010, Van Damme and Bolo Young were given a martial art demonstration, and Van Damme said, "Hopefully, one day he and Young will put a project together, Double Impact Two." And maybe Young will play a friend and not an enemy. In a 2012 interview promoting Expendables 2, Van Damme mentioned that he would like to make another Double Impact movie with a more serious tone. 
During the interview, he also gave a rough idea of the plot. The two twin, uh, the twins, uh, sorry, one is coming back from Asia to Los Angeles to help his brother, who is a con artist and pretending to be a big Hollywood producer, and he's in trouble with the mob. A Double Impact 2 script has been written by Van Damme and Sheldon Lettich. Uh, Van Damme said, hopefully somebody smart enough, like an agent or a producer, can put that back together. I'm excited about it, you know? Oh, shit. This is the kind of thing that, I wish I just had stupid money. You know what I mean? Like these right? are moments where I'm like, why don't I have fuck you? Every time I see like a bookstore is closing or a restaurant I like or shit like that, even dumb shit like this. I'm like, I wish yeah. I just had fuck you money. I would not be trying to squeeze another nickel out of my employees by making them piss in bottles. I'd be <laughs> gifting fucking shit. I'd be like, here you go. Here's the budget on the EP of fucking Double Impact 2. Dream come true. I'll, I'm fucking directing it. Sheldon, sit the fuck down. I got $10 million. <laughs> sit the fuck down. You know, you'll get credit. You'll get co-EP, but I'm directing this movie. Let's go, Van Damme. Get I don't think Van that there's Damme. a single... Uh, <laughs> podcast listener who listens to shit like this that would not want to see that happen and like (laughs) i'd put into the kickstarter for that definitely yeah that's what i was just about to say i feel like you could like raise money on reddit alone for that (laughs) i mean honestly it's like you could make a double impact movie very easily you know like a two a two van damme twin movie with iphones and you know premiere uh, you know, on like no budget and it right. would look it, so much better than the original. Yeah, the tech the tech is definitely better. Shoot it on the fucking thing that they shoot Mandalorian in, that like video tunnel that they shoot all their shit. Oh in. yeah, I saw an article about that today. That was uh I forget what it I forget what it's called. It's got like a specific yeah. name. But there's a the making I highly recommend the making of Mandalorian on Disney Plus. If you at all like Mandalorian or you at all like filmmaking, because it yeah. explains how that thing works. And I don't and like it's crazy. Yeah. Mandalorian took me a few episodes to like really get into, but the you know, the last few episodes that aired, I was like fully in. Okay, here I have a theory. Dan, what what about you? How did you did you watch Mandalorian? Were you a fan? I've seen the first couple of episodes. Uh, it's it's been tricky for me to get like consistent TV watching time to build up momentum. So <laughs> I'm waiting for like uh, in my mind, this mythical day is going to happen where my wife and my daughter like go away somewhere for two weeks. That's when I'll be watching all this you stuff. Have your, like big Q saved up to crank yeah. through a bunch of shit. Yeah. Yep. See, it's Dan- all, I've got a whole letterbox list. Shit. I'm going to watch <laughs> when my wife and kid are gone. Yeah. Like, so Dan, is just- a, Dan is a school teacher. That's what uh, he's been up to since the uh, the old sketch days. Um, I'm a uh, I, I I'm a video producer and editor, so for me it's research. Uh, in quotes, yes. you know. <laughs> right, it's for work. You can like yeah. convince yourself that it's not enough. And yeah. are you a parent? Yeah. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's like, why we, that's why we do this at night is because my <laughs> got to wait till after bedtime. Kids, exactly. No, if I could, if I could work the Mandalorian into a a lesson, a unit, uh, <laughs> you know, then it becomes then it's a work expense, you know. So you just show it in class for like it's like twenty four periods or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where it's I'm relating it back to AP Bio somehow. I'm just guessing. This what is you a, teach. I don't know. This is a 
study AP AP bio. Oh shit! Uh, no, those kids would be fucked. Um, no, I teach I teach language arts. I teach uh, like you know bullshitting to ninth graders. Um, it's like all right, re- re- seriously. It's like read this thing and come up with the craziest theory you can come up with about like what that what does the rake represent? And you know if you tell me it's communism, you win. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean I've done that, but I've I've done that before. I'd been in positions. Uh, I, where I used to teach, um, and I like we would have movie days. Like one day by like before Christmas break, it was like, half the kids showed up, and we we put on National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And Hell yeah, just in case anyone asked, uh, my like co teacher and I came up with a parallel between that and of Mice and Men, and we're like, <laughs> yeah, well, Randy Quaid is like Lenny, and and Chevy sure. Chase is like George, and. <laughs> We checks were, out, checks out, checks out. We did this, out. and it, like it's about the themes of of friendships and things like that, and you know, <laughs> aspiring and, to more. Yeah, you know, edu- educating the children. Uh, we got it. We convinced our anatomy and physiology teacher to show a slap shot in class, and anatomy and physiology was a forty minute class, so it took <laughs> up three classes for us to watch slap shot. That's awesome. And had nothing to do with it, but just because we knew he liked hockey so much, he was like a nice. He was like one of those teachers who's like a substitute all day long, but teaches like one elective that some seniors can oh, take right, in my yeah. high school. So we all took anatomy and physiology. And just because we knew Mr. I think his name was Mr. Mattis. I should shout him out if that's his name, if I remember correctly. He's listening. He, he listens. <laughs> he's, definitely, he's chasing me down. He's still pissed about this. But we just <laughs> got him. To, we talked him into we And we talked our AP bio teacher into showing us the Matrix, uh, like sophomore year of high school or junior year, whatever year that was. There's no way that was. Wait. Senior year, maybe. AP bio. Maybe. When was I in AP bio? Junior or senior I think year? that you and I are pretty close to the same age. I'm like, I graduated 2000. Yeah, yeah it's 2001. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, well, double impact. Yeah. <laughs> double impact. Okay, so you're showing double impact to ninth graders tomorrow. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an adaptation of the Corsican Brothers. So, hello, there literature. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it's a lesson on. I got to show the USA bullshit. version. I can't show the director's cut. <laughs> oh, right. Cut right. The yeah, totally. Yeah. So, I. Uh, I don't know, Dan. What what would you want to do with this movie if you had uh, fuck you money and were <laughs> able to bring it back somehow? Ah, oh, geez, I'd hire Gabrus to direct it. I don't. Yeah, well, uh, that's fair. Um, oh, he's directing now. You. That's, <laughs> that's I'm yeah. cool, motherfucker. Uh, you know, I was thinking about it, and uh, well, first I was. I was just like kind of trying to think of casting. I was like, damn, is William Devane too old to play uh, William Devane? Like every time with, with Frank, with Jeffrey Lewis, I was just like, I, I really like, I love Jeffrey Lewis. That's he's great. But I really want to, I, I just want William Devane in that role. That's but a good Devane role. I see that. It's, it's a great, no, you've got a twin brother. I, uh, <laughs> they do have very similar. Yeah. Like cadences. The, the cadences. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but it's also the sort of like pseudo like patriarch, but cool patriarch. Yeah. Not yeah. like but real, he's like, not dad but it, energy, but like look up to energy. But instead he's like, but Chad, first, have you considered investing in gold? Have you seen his like gold commercials? He's <laughs> no, ch- not yet. <laughs> oh my God. On our Bad News Bears episode, we go deep into that. Basically, he like hawks for this one company where you like send them money and that you get Oof. like weird NASCAR gold coins. <laughs> 
Oof, <laughs> that stuff is always sad. The fucking uh, Tom Selleck one is the, oh, is the yeah, most depressing it's, it's one. It's upsetting. Like, I know what you're thinking. Reverse mortgages are a scam, but these are not. Like, it's so <laughs> pre-apologetic that it's like, oh my God, dude, the lady doth protect. A lot of people are scared to do a reverse mortgage, but there's not. we're not going to steal your life savings or worse, your home. There's literally <laughs> a line in that. It's like, I'm Magnum P.I. Yeah, but would quickly down under be scared? I don't think so. <laughs> Do you uh, do you love the first encounter of when uh, Chad and Alex meet when Chad meets Alex's partner, uh, Alex's girlfriend? That whole bar scene is just so fun from silk underwear to like how horny she is. Like, even if that was Alex, her behavior is wild. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like, does she think that he's just like cosplaying as like, I don't know, normcore instructor? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, she's at work getting like turned on by the head of security all day. So she's, you know, she's heated up. Yeah. So I I would steal shit from that office every fucking You'd be like day in the filing room out. just go like That would going, be the that would be the reboot would just be a reality show of me trying to rob from the sna- uh, the fucking pantry at a office uh, that's guarded by a huge buff female that just slams me up against the wall and frisks me every time I steal. <laughs> oh no. Holy I wasn't shit, yeah. stealing, I swear. <laughs> oh. oh man. So, all right. Okay, what so Dan, so William Devane. Right. So no, well, actually, no, I was I was thinking about it some more and I was, uh, you know, and just thinking about if we're going to, you know, modernize it, if we're going to bring it into the 21st century, thinking about who uh, who you'd get. And I don't know, Lashana Lynch was the first name that popped into my head. Uh, Charlize Theron was the second just because okay. Charlize Theron would have a blast doing something like this. I think she's just she might be a bit old um because the characters do need to be somewhat just young finding about. out about an identical twin yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah i don't want like but that was the lashana lynch was the name that came up with jean-claude van damme as frank oh that's a, that's the move i, li- I like that and I he like does t- okay. and 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 yeah you know um of course, there's no explanation as to why she doesn't have his accent, but. Well, I raised you in America, so you could, you know, like some, they have to do like the wonky justification in your One line. Where it explains, it's like, it. we dropped you off at Dallas when you are a child and then brought you back to Hong Kong at 21. I'm not doing a good Van Damme impression at all. Does Frank ever explain why he split up the kids? No, I think it's to protect them. But like, why would these gangsters be like, we have to but murder these two six month olds? He doesn't split them up. He, he's not like a Luke and Leia thing. He the the whatever the like the nanny uh, takes. Oh right, one of them. They each take a kid oh. separately. Well, I, can nev- I can never meet back up again. Well, you know, what? Yeah, I'm gonna no. actually just play one. <laughs> clip the nanny really quick. takes Alex. Yeah, right. I'm gonna yeah, play yeah. one clip real quick. This is when Frank is explaining everything to the two of them. And uh, it does include a certain line about a certain um, modern day bad guy. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Like you. Look like me? You, of all people, should know I would never in my life wear black silk underwear. Wait. Black silk underwear. Look at it. Fuck it. Frank. Oof. Frankie. Yeah. What's going Couple on times. here? Chad, he's your brother. Look at him. Imagine doing insane. Look at him. Just take a look at him. He's your twin brother. Thank you, Frank. We wouldn't have figured this out on our own. Uh, truly, somehow. 
can believe this. <laughs> My brother. See that door? You've got both of you ten seconds to get the fuck out. Or the fish tank may be better. Should you at least hear what they've got to say? Five seconds! Damn it, Alex! You stay <sighs> here. Don't even think about it, pal. Don't even think about it. Sit down. You ever hear a guy named Nigel Griffith? That's like asking a New Yorker if he's ever heard of Donald Trump. What about Raymond Zang? There it is. Ooh. Yeah. What about it? Well, I guess it, it, all this got to do with it Alex, makes sense. Anyway. It's simple. The Victoria Harbor Tunnel was built by a man that I used to work for after I finished my tour in Nam. Halfway through construction, he ran into money problems. So he pulled in Griffiths as an equity partner. Now, Griffiths got his cash from a secret loan courtesy of the Zhang family. When the tunnel was completed and my employer's construction expertise was no longer needed, they had him and his wife X'd out by a triad hit team. Only the triads fucked up because they had two sons, babies, who they were going to wipe out too so they wouldn't come back and claim what was rightfully theirs. What happened so to the go. babies? <laughs> so Chad, you guys are the babies. Oh my God, are you not fucking paying? Silk underwear. Alex, drop Black it. Do you not underwear. hear what I just said? Why are you not reacting? You are meeting your long lost brother. You just shared a womb. Why do you not care about each other, Uncle Frank? If it was William Devane, like Dan said, they would be inspired to like, they would have connected. <laughs> Movie would have been over, to be fair. Because they would have yeah, been yeah. like, forget that. We can start own business. Is it so, like racist for me to do a bad accent like that? I don't even. We well, don't have to get into that. I Not think it's okay pod. to do Belgian accent, Van Damme. Of, yeah, a French it's, Belgian accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I think. I think the real safety is that it's a specific person I'm trying to do too. That's it's not like I'm just like look who I. I sound like blah blah. Yeah. So also, <laughs> okay, Jeffrey Lewis really is committing his ass off in this movie. Good for him. And the, and the movie is hard. better for it. He's so much fun to watch. Uh, and he's uh, Juliette Lewis's father. He's like the only native English speaker in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got to like really shine because like everyone else's English is a second language. It seems like. Hey, dude holds it together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's Juliette well, Lewis's father. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Speaking of Christmas, uh, Christmas vacation. The Christmas vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's I our link. Not. That that's how it makes sense. Okay, now Great. we can show it in this class. Thank God. Um, <laughs> who is it? It's added to the curriculum. Um, it's going to be on the final kids. Uh, who is the actor that plays Griffith? Because uh, I love I, I he's he's great. He's so smarmy. Alan Scarf. I'm just reading Great it. Great name. Sounds like a fake name. Sounds like you asked me to come up with a name in an improv yeah, it's like, scene. Uh, Alan. Uh, <laughs> Alan. Uh, uh, scarf. It's like Kaiser Soze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maxwell Hauser. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. We we, uh, we did an episode on hiding out with um, Keith Coogan. Keith Coogan. Keith Coogan. Oh, shit. Keith Coogan from, well, yeah. hiding out. Don't tell mom babysitter's dead. Adventures uh, in babysitting. Adventures oh, yeah, babysitting. yeah, yeah. I just looked up yeah. who he was. I, yeah. I, I totally recognize Dude, this guy. Dude, that yeah. guy, if he's you like, want to hear more, someone talk. He's, he's the one, uh, the fucking horny bad boy in Toy Soldiers. One of my favorite oh, that's movies. right. If you oh, want to hear, movie. If you want to hear someone talk about specifically like the year 1987 for a while, talk to that guy and you, you'll oh, have your day yeah. covered. 
You might have just uh, sold me on listening to this stupid ass podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna end up uh, leaving here and listening to following you guys forever. I'll be like crazy at loyal fan. Hey, have you know what? Back, You'd be the second. <laughs> uh, so, so Gabrus, I don't know if you thought about it much, but like thought experiment. What would you do if you had the opportunity to uh, to mess around with this? I have thought about this, and I think. I think you reboot it with, you know, a modern martial arts action star. Uh, the person I was, the person who came to mind for me, um, whose name I'm blanking on right now, and I'm covering for while I open IMDb to confirm that I, Andrew Koji from Cinemax's Warrior. Uh, oh, I haven't so seen badass. that. Yeah, he's so fucking, it's on HBO Max now too, so it's probably, okay. it's easier to track down. Uh, Dan, put it on the list. <laughs> when you finally, all right, I've saved up a hundred thousand dollars, honey. You and my daughter are going on vacation for six months. What are you doing? I'm just so pumped. I got so much snacks. Have fun in Belgium. I'm gonna watch <laughs> yeah, some shit. I'm just gonna devour some shit. Does, is so he's a martial artist. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got to be. He's so fucking crazy. On the show is like super, very, very heavy fight choreography, mm-hmm. and he's amazing in it and the, and that fight choreography overall in the show is very good too and he's cool. particularly good so i think him and then i think you know like the long lost twin brother thing is fun because it gives you that dynamic but i think a modern more modern take is a clone like and it's oh. easier to justify yeah. and so like something to the, so here's what i thought is like andrew koji is like an elite level warrior and he knows like a, he knows something and he's killed or at least they think he's killed but they clone him to like make another super soldier whatever you know like because they kept his dna or some evil like um paramilitary corporation shit they make another one thinking that they've got like a under control killer but then when the other andrew when the original one it wasn't dead they're now and then they have this weird sort of bond where it's not exactly a clone you know what i mean like but it's not like long lost brother but it's played that way Kind of like the twin tuition from like twins where it's like they know where each other is or how each other's feeling. Yeah, yeah. They get yeah. like there's some there's like some weird clone connection that we explore yeah. that's a way of being like long lost identity. Like they say a lot because I think that could just be a really fun like what what's the differences from them in their just minor like, you know, like because I'm like a big like with movies and sci-fi i love like the rules and world building so like mm-hmm. like what the small differences between those two characters would be like a fun thing to yeah like play along because like they he wouldn't maybe have his memories but like he would maybe ha- like not all of his memories or but he would have like all the same mannerisms and like look and sound and move exactly the same so i think it could be a fun fun way oh and then it gets out. even weirder the scene where he's thinking about his girlfriend fucking the clone <laughs> yeah right <laughs> That scene though is, is like, exactly is the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that has the lighting and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. They shot. They were like, "Hey, uh, Rick Astley, we're gonna just jump on this music video set and shoot and uh, shoot a quick fucking fuck scene for our movie." <laughs> Go right ahead, Sheldon. <laughs> oh, Mr. Van Damme, pleasure. <laughs> um, so, cool. What are you thinking, John? Uh, okay. So here's what I got. Mine, mine does exist. It's a sequel. It's existing. This. It's it's this. Blah. It's existing in the same world. Uh, so they both run a successful hotel in Hong Kong. They, they took that place and they like rehabbed it. They're running a hotel. They've gone legit. And it turns out that Zhang's son 
has found a way to travel back to in time to 1991 to stop the Wagner brothers before they could kill his father. But luckily, time travel officer from Time Cop is on the case and okay. brings Chad and Alex back in time to so stop Zang Sung. So it's quadruple uh, impact. Uh, yeah, natural you've heightening got, there. With an Old Van Damme, young Van Damme, two young Van How much? Well, no, because you've got... What, I you, say you, you don't even have to bring in the young... You don't have to bring in the uh, Chad, Chad and Alex, maybe not to limit, not to notes here, not to limit your uh, imagination because it's beautiful. But just <laughs> having two and then time cops show up is like a small minor heightening where now you just have J- Van Damme as three characters in this. It can movie. be triple impact. Uh, yeah, and yeah. then that's and then that's like a perfect. That's yeah. such a fun fucking idea <laughs> because it's like a great crossover. You just jam this. Bring Ron Silver back is unless he's dead, and which he may be. I yeah, don't I don't know. know. I uh, he is. Mia Sarah, <laughs> uh, but it's just like this movie's so bananas and so is time got that like you just gotta <laughs> fucking go all in and go extra bananas i was thinking though if it was to be remade because it's like this is something that could be probably remade sometime um i was thinking of right. who who i would want to see and i wasn't necessarily thinking about martial artists but um i've really been enjoying seeing uh uh, I think her name is Isa Gonzalez popping up and stuff. Um, she was in I Care A Lot and uh, she was in Baby oh, Driver. Yeah, she's, the, she's like uh, she's in Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's good. I just watched that last night. Uh, well, so did I. I mean, we're recording this the day after that came out. So, so we both uh, watched it on premiere night. Uh, Dan? You I didn't even do. know that it was coming out, and then <laughs> yeah, I just I saw a bunch of tweets about it, and then I was like, "That one I might, oh, that one I might it. be able to get the wife to join me for." Uh, it's actually not as long it. as I was expecting. Exactly, because yeah. it's only an hour and fifty. You think you're like, "Here we go, two hours and twenty eight minutes yeah. of CGI." But Wingard, he and he knows he plays with color in such a fun way, yeah. and then he gets to just go ham with like digital bullshit color in this movie, and I and I, I was there for it. A movie yeah. I wish I, I I wish theaters were around for. Well, I love bad. Trip. Kong of Skull Island. Like, I legit love that movie. It's so much fun. But, uh, and the Godzilla movies, I was kind of lukewarm on. But, like, this was a lot of fun. And there were a lot of things where I was like, uh... That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I don't care. It's fun to this watch. This happens early in the movie, so I don't think it's a spoiler. I think I'm going to use it to sell Dan on watching it. Kong throws a fighter jet at Godzilla. <laughs> oh, yeah. B- believe it or not, you're, you're not the first. I saw that somewhere online. But <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of someone fun. Someone tweeted, oh, I'm I'm down for it. I, I, li- yeah. I also like Kong Skull Island and... Yeah, no, I I mean, that that one's going to happen sooner rather My than later. My wife really enjoyed it, too. And she doesn't have like well, attention span for movies like that. And she's thinking about Kong like Skull Island. It makes me think of somebody else I'd like to see do a double impact. And that's John C. Riley. Yep. <laughs> Just yes. John really C. Riley's Step Brothers 2 with four of them is oh really my God. a fucking crazy idea. I I was an extra wow. in Step Brothers wow. and I wish what? I would have known how amazing that movie was going to be. John, what scene I want to find? It was. Are you, the, are you at all visible? Do you know? No, definitely not. Because I, I definitely uh, pissed off Adam McKay, and he like moved me to like the back. But I. <laughs> it's, I'm so whatever. glad I asked a follow up. That's such a good. No, I mean you're getting another follow up. <laughs> How did you piss off McKay, dude? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So it's the scene where it's Don't the blow, flashback. Blow past that. <laughs> it's the yeah. flashback to when they have their like high school talent shows. Ice, ice and, cream, um, yeah. 
uh, with Adam Scott doing Ice Ice Baby and him doing like Pirates of Penzance or something. And I was I wasn't even saying anything to him. He just happened to be like nearby as I was saying it. But like we were all told that it was supposed to take place in like 1984 and like all of the like costumes and makeup that we all had was supposed to be like very 80s. But Ice Ice Baby came out in like 90, 91. And like, I just like commented, I just said that because I was a fucking like idiot know it all to like, like, I know a bit of trivia. Like, you know, I know when Ice Ice Baby came out to like the person sitting next to me and he, I think, heard me and like was like, maybe don't, maybe I don't have this asshole in the front. <laughs> oh, man. He didn't, uh, he didn't say that, but did I you explain it? Did you explain that you owned to the extreme on cassette and that? Well, you know. of course I owned to the extreme on cassette, but Dan, did you, did you know that I, so our, we're brothers. I don't know if Gabrus, if you knew that, but uh, our mother <laughs> took my uh, vanilla ice tape away Wait, from what? me. <laughs> what? Yeah. You said it in the intro. Otherwise I didn't know that. Oh, well, whatever. So uh, what our, do you mother, mean? our mother took the tape away from me. After she heard literally any of the songs on it. And when I was like a senior in high school, she like gave it back to me and like made a moment out of it. And, so and I put it in the my car's like cassette deck and it instantly ate it up because that tape was just like covered in dust and whatever else. But um, yeah, all of the Aerosmith I listened to, um, I guess she didn't understand the metaphors yeah, those, she was those. she was like, you can eat the rich, but you you definitely can't do that. It's exact. I was definitely listening to a lot of Get a Grip. Yeah, well, just based on when you said we're around the same age, I was like, yeah, if yeah. you're dropping oh. Aerosmith, I got that little L and I was like, oh, you can't stop the, yourself from falling. I loved living the on the utter edge with kid. the, the piercing. Yeah, with Forget the it. Come on. And the piercing. Yeah, it was a fucking great album. Too good. Uh. All right, so I don't I don't want to keep you too long, Gabriel. So is no, there anything else you guys keep cruising through the movie? Because we didn't even get to like the combat, and we should talk about because the oh, fights, yeah. mm. the fights are good, and there's a lot. It's the one another flaw of this movie is like they create too many new th- things that like it's like, and now you have to fight a terrorist organization because they just oh, yeah. need more bodies for combat. Like there, like it it doesn't feel as uh, organic as a path, but. I'm here for like kicking guys into docks. That's the that's a great shot. Fucking knocking that guy off the dock looks awesome. They long shot hold on a guy dropping like twelve oh, yeah. feet. That's not an easy. Mm-hmm. That's not a. I mean, he's probably a professional, but that looks so fucking rad. See, I loved the nightclub scene with the cognac and like oh, the yeah. bombs and stuff. That was that like was all fun too. Yeah, that scene I was like, hell yeah, I am so in that like weird yeah. henchman with like the with tiny the head and the big tail. body. Oh, yeah. like the, the Joe Manganiello. He wants to talk to you. He wants to thank you in person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with a weird accent. I couldn't understand oh, where he was right, from. Yeah, he was like, he was like, oh, I know how to do a bad guy's accent. They're all from Brooklyn, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he was doing like old timey shit. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's, there was that other dude with the. Spurs. That was pretty. Oh yeah, badass. the tiny little cool. spurs. Well, that's remember because our badass uh, female henchy, she fucking she knifes that dude with the butterfly oh, knife yeah. in the chest in the fucking uh, conference room. That's pretty. Oh rad. yeah, 
Oh, they yeah. show some close ups oh, of her shit, thighs right. as she walks up, not to make this all male gazy, but like her thighs. Well, God okay, damn. she's a bodybuilder. I, I shouldn't even call them thighs. Yeah. She's got fucking quads, dude. She's it's awesome. A crazy bodybuilder. Her Yeah. Her body is a machine. It is yeah. insane. Like those those quads could crush somebody's skull. Yes, for those, real. Those and I awesome. would love it, for uh, them to crush mine. I <laughs> mean, great mine. set, great set of like bad guy cronies in this movie. Yes, yes, it does. I do think, and and I just have one last, and this is my my hill to die on. Always with a lot of action movies, I would say because especially this generation of action movies which are the ones i watch the most they always cast some sort of like aging legend as the bad guy and to because they're good actors and it's like fun to have like a good old like ben gazzara and roadhouse or something like that you Mm -hmm. know like they have like these older guys like they're not that scary but it's cool that there's like a good actor in that role but they always fight them last and it's just like not the same. Like once you fight Bolo Young and the female yeah. bodybuilder Henchy, like I don't give a fuck about like the little tiny dude with the, the businessman. Yeah, yeah, like the <laughs> yeah. like the businessman. You always have a businessman sidekick yeah. where it's like he's the accountant and he's got a sword. But like I, I think like I think like there, there's like a natural deheightening to a lot of these movies. It's like that's right. Like the Roadhouse does it right because then like the fucking neighborhood guys come in with their muskets and like arrest Ben citizens arrest Ben Gazzaro or whatever. I'm but, glad we're. We're talking about Roadhouse and Swayze a little Ro- bit on this episode because Roadhouse, <laughs> Roadhouse is insane. It fucking rolls. <laughs> Roadhouse so is, is awesome. It's like top ten, top yeah. ten of the of this generation genre generation. For oh sure. yeah. Um, and then uh, so I love all the final shit is really cool. I don't care for them fighting each other and uh, a, a lot of movies we watched in the nineties at this time, a lot of how many Hong Kong, like running across boat chases were in movies that you remember from as a kid. It's like in blood sport. It's in, yeah, it's in so (laughs) many movies where they're like running across boats in Hong Kong or like a Southeast Asian country. I should say like, like so many movies have an action sequence where it's a chase across a bunch of boats in a dock. Like it's always in these movies. It feels, and I'm here for it. Beautiful. Also as an American, that's not anything we like really. Totally. So that's like another, it makes it, it seems so exciting. And we sh- like, there was like, I, I'm sure there's a word, an official word for it, but there was like this fetishization of like Asian culture at the time too, where it was like oh, absolutely. mystified and all that. But I bought into it where I was like, this is beautiful and interesting and weird. Wow. The culture mm-hmm. is so different than ours, but it worked on me as like a 12 year old boy. Like this movie worked on me as a 12 year old boy. In a lot yeah. Of and also talking <laughs> about, <laughs> talking about Hong Kong, Gabrus, you and I saw it get totally messed up in uh, Godzilla versus Kong last night. We did poor Hong Kong, but, it also featured uh, it, that movie features a classic blockbuster line, which is in a lot of movies these days. And it's my favorite line is <laughs> they're fighting in Hong Kong. It's like, it's OK. We began evacuating people three hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> no one's there. Nothing <laughs> to feel bad about. They're still heroes. They don't kill millions of people. Yeah, uh, it's it's a great catch all in a lot of movies like uh in, there's one in Fast and the Furious, the one where they go to like the ice base, and they're like, they say something oh, to the effect of like, the Furious." Yeah, yeah, there's like, they're like, there are no citizens there. Everyone in the compound is a terrorist. Like, yeah. it's like the Cobra Hydra shit. It's like, yeah, we <laughs> like, have a scanner but, that tells you what people believe, and it's only yeah, and bad then, people here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
and not because of their races. They are a multi-racial, <laughs> like any terrorist organization, they are made up of a diverse group of individuals who are not placing this terrorist organization as a singular type of people. No, there's a there's a diversity quota in terrorist organizations. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like they have oversight uh, on things like. There's that. a lot of people complaining about reverse affirmative action in uh, paramilitary organization, mm. <laughs> evil paramilitary. Cobra Commander <laughs> is like it's bullshit. Well, that maybe the best only the best people get promoted. It's like well, you got to open it up for more opportunities for people to rise in ranks in Cobra. Blah blah blah. I mean, Baroness Baroness had to fight against so much more to get to the oh, position absolutely. she was in. Yeah. <laughs> also, a white guy saying blah, blah, blah at the end of like a racial comment is probably not ideal. <laughs> you know, blah, 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 whatever. So blah, everyone blah, gets blah. equal chance. Blah, blah, blah. Racial If equality. anyone's still with us, they're with us. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. They're locked We're in. We're not going to lose them now. So one of the things that I, I loved was uh, in, in the movie Iron Man 3, where he's like totally like fucking up the the mandarin's layer whatever it is and there's the one henchman guy who's just like drops his gun and he's just like i just started i don't even like this job and <laughs> yeah, i love really i funny. love getting into the minds of the people who are just like the henchman cronies who are like completely i think about i think about bodies. that shit all the time i'm like yeah. are these guys so willing to die for this guy because they're getting like 150 grand a year like what, yeah. what what's their like salary that it's like i'm ready to die for this organization <laughs> like, right like yeah. what is that because it's I like country loyalty like special like those elite level soldiers i get that like i don't necessarily agree with like the imperialistic part of militarism and all that but i get like i'm protecting america i'm doing it for my country but these guys are like paid mercenaries in these in these movies it's like how much could you guys be getting paid? There's like a thousand of you, maybe 60 grand a year. Great rate. But like, you're not like ready to jump on the back of a SUV that's driving away and try to shoot a hero. Yeah. Like how, how many of these people would just be like, yo, let's quit today, dude. I wonder what like the bonus is for like a specialty person who's got like the spurs who like slits people's throats with his spurs and stuff where yeah, it's, it's just like, like <laughs> oh okay i get a 10 percent bonus uh just for owning them but for each neck i slit i get another 13 percent now serious question here are there any franchises where like someone who was a henchman in the first has like risen up the ranks and you know by like maybe part four they're the, I mean, because really, the, like, there needs to be some type of upward mobility if you're going to, you know, risk your life like that to be a henchman. There's got to be that opportunity that, like, a management okay, track. Maybe, yeah. That'd be really fun. You just drop, like, a weird, you just drop, like, a weird, um, little, like, cameo in, like, the early movie and be like, was that Chris Pine? Like, someone, like, a <laughs> yeah. mega celebrity and just plant the seed where it's like, holy shit, Chris Pine was just that henchman that, uh, that, you know, her, uh, whatever uh the incredible hulk just uh, like tried to snap his neck or whatever and then like four movies later it's like you thought you killed me and it's like that's yeah. why i reckon like in uh law and order when you recognize the person he meets in an interview oh, yeah you're like, oh stephen colbert is probably the killer yeah <laughs> but it's like I, I'm, I'm thinking of like those star he wars did movies law and order. oh did he really <laughs> oh yeah yeah but he played yeah. a forger it's a great ah, episode. That, that makes sense. Great episode. Law and Order: Criminal Intent. So D'Onofrio and Colbert going head to head. It's fucking. Oh, great. I love D'Onofrio. Me he's, too. He's great, especially in that. I mean, he's good in a lot of shit, but he's good, yeah. especially good in Law and Order: Criminal Intent. 
Yeah. So, yeah, no, I was I was thinking about I was thinking about like uh, Star Wars movies where you have like all of these famous actors who come and play like stormtroopers for a day. It's, oh, yeah. You know, like oh, Daniel Craig was on set. So we put a stormtrooper helmet on him. And then next, <laughs> yeah. like, why not? Why can't he be a Sith Lord? You know, rise through the ranks. <laughs> well, right, if right, he, that's really funny. If he keeps his head down, does his job, you know, maybe maybe it's in his future. Wait, yeah. I'm sorry, Dan. You really activated like something in my imagination here. I, now picture oh, this God. in a scene where it's like in the fourth movie of some uh, franchise, like you're talking about. All of a sudden, just steps out. Like, who's a good six? Like Laura Dern, and she's got like a fucking gun and a scar on her face, and she's like, "You don't remember me, Han Solo, or whatever." And it's <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Huh?" And then it cuts to like a flashback, and it's like a nondescript stormtrooper just gets kind of shot. I and mean, you don't even know oh. who it is and it's like like you just retroactively be like that was me and it was like well that's like i mean there was a huge war it's not my fault it's like well i remember <laughs> it and i'm a total badass now and a huge actor so i can enter this you're dan i love that idea because you could fake plant it just like a person with a mask on right. in the first movie absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah but then you've got your story and then you've got some justification for why people sign up for this for this gig. <laughs> and then also, so Laura Dern was also in uh, which The Last Jedi, right? Oh, right. So right. then you have that another Laura Dern and you double impact them. Yeah. And then oh, they double both Derns. crash ships. Yeah. And that's the double <laughs> impact. Oh, the titular impact. <laughs> right, because that's what Hollow does, or Haldo, whatever her name is. Right, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Lord yeah. The she best. fucking it, hyperspaces it, into a ship or, like, sacrifices you know, herself. Bad. You know if David Lynch hears this, there's going to be some movie with double Laura Derns in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course he but does. It's going to be so sexual. Like, they're, they're gonna, she's going to turn it down. It's going to be so psychosexual. They're going to be like, oh, yeah. Do this. <laughs> 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 David, I'm getting a little too old for this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we touched on almost everything from Double Impact, Laura Dern, and um, Patrick, uh, Patrick Swayze. Swayze. Patrick yeah, Swayze, all, Roadhouse. made all the big things. Mandalorian. This is right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we checked all the boxes. Dink, 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 dink. Gabrus, what, what do you have going on lately? Um, when does this episode come out? Tuesday. Uh, great. Um, you can check me out <laughs> at Gabrus on a social media. I'll still have it by Tuesday. Um, you can listen to High and Mighty or Action Boys if you're a movie uh, podcast. That Action Boys does cost money. Uh, but I will pitch it that we have like eight or so free episodes in all right. podcast apps. So check them out there. And if there is for you, get a sniff. We'll get you hooked. Um, it's like this podcast. How much, but how much does it cost? <laughs> It's five dollars a month for oh. four like and there are three hour episodes these days. So oh, it's like if you're dollars per minute, it's a fucking steal. Um and then the other little mini plug is I'm doing a live stream on four twenty, a four twenty mega sesh with a lot of old guests of high and mighty who are a bunch of four, like stony bony peeps, and we're just gonna have a big stoner. So if you're if that's a vibe you're into uh, get a ticket and throw it on and let's all blaze six uh you can find that on my all my social media but yeah uh, i uh hi and mighty is great i love the conspiracy theory episodes uh, i think those are some of my favorites and the, the power hours are also pretty great when oh those thanks man yeah conspiracy theories are my some of my favorites too and the power uh, hours too yeah. yeah you guys love it gets weird uh <laughs> dan anything you have going on you want to mention this podcast <laughs> What? Yeah, no. Pretty much, this is it. Uh, the the return to in person schooling. No, and I, I am now. I got I got my double jabs. So yeah. nice. Congrats, bud. 
Thank That's you. Awesome. Thank I got you. my I got my first one on Saturday. I'm so nice. Hyped. I got my first oh, one on Tuesday. Nice. I got a big week. I've got my first surfing lesson on Friday and my first vaccine shot on Saturday and then Easter Sunday with my wife on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Your first surfing lesson. Weekend. That surprises me that you've never I surfed way back in the day, but okay. not in like not in like fifteen years and like eighty pounds. And a friend of mine is taking classes, and my wife got me as a birthday present or a Christmas present. I forget they're close together. She got me a couple's lessons with my buddy Paul. Oh my god, I love it! <laughs> so we do. We're going to go take our duo lesson uh, tomorrow morning. I'm, I'm I'm super hyped about it. I haven't stood up on a board in like fifteen, sixteen years. It's going to be a fucking. Design. It's going to be humbling AF. We should start calling you Bodie. Bodie. Lose something, brah. (laughs) Patrick Swayze. (laughs) Ah, Dan, we got to tell people what we're doing on the next episode. Yeah. So next episode, of course, uh, you know, we're, we've got to pull a total 180. So we're going from double impact, 1991's double impact to 1982's Fitzcarraldo, uh, written and directed by Van Damme's to zero. Yeah, that's two, interesting. Two, two Van Dams to one Werner Herzog. Yeah, uh, Klaus, Klaus Kinski. Kinski. Uh, yeah, I love it when we kind of do two in a row that are completely different from each other. <laughs> that feels good. Every once in a while, like on Action Boys, it'll be like you'll get like a classic movie that we have to watch. And it's like, oh, it just feels good to watch Taking of the Pelham 1, 2, 3. It's like it's not oh, a weird dude. Yeah. horror movie with Chuck Norris in it. <laughs> well, anyway. Gabrus, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Oh, please, dudes. Thank Thanks you. for having me. This was yeah. a pleasure. Thanks for having me, re-watch- forcing me to rewatch Double Impact. And now I'm horny as fuck, my poor oh, wife. hell yeah. I hope, I hope <laughs> she's going to be so pissed at you guys. <laughs> Just remember, you got that surfing lesson tomorrow. So. Yeah, I can't hurt my back. Can't blow my back out. <laughs> I guess I'll have to top. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, as you as you venture back to meet your long lost twin in Hong Kong, I wish you both good journeys. Good journey. Silk underwear. <laughs>